I'm going to read from verse 1 onwards. First Kings chapter 18 from verse 1 onwards. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. I want to stop right here, as the Holy Spirit wants me to. Go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. That's a word that comes from God. Uh, if you look at um, Elijah, when God sent him to Ahab, you just just scroll back. I'm just going to take you to the scripture here. Let's just go to chapter um, 17. Second, first Kings chapter 17. And I will read verse 1. First Kings chapter 17, verse 1. And Elijah the Dishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. I want to read it three times as the Spirit of the Lord wants me to. So just pay close attention to verse 1. First Kings chapter 17, verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain in three years except at my word. One more time. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Now, the words that God wants to highlight here is, no rain, no dew, except at my word. This word is Elijah's word, the prophet's word. Where God is sending this prophet to King Ahab to let him know that until I come and speak to you, there's not going to be any rain. There's not going to be any dew. This is a prophetic word, but it's a word that is coming from the mouth of God through the mouth of the prophet to the ears of the king. There is something important that we need to note here. When God is speaking through Elijah, Elijah is not saying, see, two different things here. One is, when the prophet stands and says, thus says the Lord, there will be no dew, there will be no rain, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Now, he's standing there and he's speaking the word of God that God has said in the presence of God. He's saying it. Now here, he is the prophet of God. Here he's standing. He's standing before Ahab and he's saying, not going to be dew, there's not going to be rain until I come and tell you. This is the same as thus says the Lord. Because the prophet of God is the mouth of God. He's standing there because God has told him, until you go and say it, it's not going to happen. This is why we see in the book of James where Elijah was a, a prophet of God. When he prayed, heavens opened. When he prayed, heavens closed. So, we have to have this understanding. A lot of times there's this faulty understanding that people have. They think that, oh, God does it and God does it and God does it and God does it. Yes, God does it. But how does he do it? How does God 
do his works? How does he perform his work? It's very important for us to know. Yes, God does it, but how does he do it? If we don't understand it, then we won't know it. We'll be just walking around saying, God did it, God said it, but how did he say it? And this is the reason why many times people will not take things seriously because they have no understanding. They have no understanding. When a prophet of God comes and says, do this, it's so important to do it because you don't need to hear, thus says the Lord. When the Lord says, through God's prophet saying, do it, it's very important to do it because being moved by the Spirit of God, they say what God has told them to say. So when you look at verse 17, verse 1, you see, there's not going to be a dew, there's not going to be rain, except at my word, Elijah says. Now, what were is Elijah getting the words from? Very important. When he says, except at my word, where is he getting those words from? How can he be able to say, except at my word? How? You know why? Because he was a man of God's word. The words that he spoke were God's word. He was able to stand there and say, because this is what God said. Go and tell him until you come back and tell him. There'll be no rain in exactly what God told him to say. He went and he said, he said, except at my word, you're not going to have it. It's very different from somebody who want to come and show off and say, until I say it, it's not going to happen. Oh, well, nothing that you say will happen. God will not back that up. This is a man clothed with humility and with power. He will speak what God says. If God go, if God says, go and ask, he will ask. If God says, go and tell him to do this, he will go and tell him to. He's a man who will do exactly what God would tell him to do. And that's a prophet of God. When God said, go and say, accept at your word, this will not happen or this will happen. Go and say, he was a man of power who knew how to do exactly that which God had told him to do. The prophet is a mouth of God, and we see that here. Now, verse 17, verse 1, he says, Except at my word, there's not going to be any rain, there's not going to be dew. Now, scroll right to chapter 18. Yeah, just go down, all the way down to chapter 18, First Kings chapter 18, verse 1. See how beautiful it is when you read God's word and the spirit of God brings before us to see what we need to see so that we can benefit. And it came to pass after many days that the word of God, word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. So now God is speaking to Elijah and he's saying, Elijah, I'm going to send rain on the earth. Now go and show yourself to Ahab. As soon as the word of God came to Elijah, the prophet, he got up and he left. Until then, he didn't move. This is how every single believer has to be. His life was so yielded to God, like Jesus Christ. Whatever the Lord said, he did. Whatever the Lord didn't say, he wouldn't do. That's the way to live. And so... Elijah, you see verse 2, immediately he got up, he went to present himself to Ahab. Exactly, exactly that which God told him to do. Nothing more, nothing less. May God speak to our hearts today. 
God is not looking for charming people. God is not looking for talented people. God is not looking for intelligent people. God is not looking for salespeople. God is not looking for business people. God is not looking for your stuff that you can bring to God and say, God, I can contribute this to you and look at me. That's not going to work. Again, I want to bring before you the scripture where Jesus Christ said, the kingdom of God suffers violence. The violent, they take it by force. You cannot do anything using your natural means to try to get to the supernatural realm. You know, you think about the creatures that are there underwater. If you look at the sea, when you look at the oceans, you cannot see anything that is really underneath the ocean. I will not believe you if you tell me that. I can go to a beach and I can stand there and from there I can actually zoom in a thousand feet underneath and I can tell you exactly what creature is going ten feet from here. No. It's not possible. With human eyes, it's not possible. You can't. In order to see what's underneath, you need to be underneath. You really need to be underwater. If you need to be 10 feet, you need to be 10 feet underwater. If you have to be 100 feet, you need to be 100 feet underwater. That's why you have submarines where you go in submarines underwater to see what's underneath the ocean. Being above the ocean while you're on land, even if you want to see what's underneath the sand or the soil in the desert, without drilling, you will not know where oil is. You really need to dig deeper. Without doing what you should do the right way, you're not going to discover the treasures that are underneath. In order for a person to enter into that supernatural realm of God. In order for someone to enter into the supernatural realm of the enemy to plunder him, a person need to have the eyesight that they need to have, the hearing that they need to have, the vision. When I say eyesight, I want to differentiate between eyesight and vision. Eyesight that they need to have and the vision for it. They need to have. They need to be able to smell, not with the physical nostril, the sensory organs, but something that is apart from what you have, something that's beyond what you possess, something that can only come from above and it cannot come from within or from beneath. You know, there are a lot of people who say, well, you just need to tap into your soul. You know, I, I spoke to someone Sunday, the person he was saying, you just need to realize self-realization. Well, self-realization is not going to do anything for you. Real realization of self will make a person to, to really come to a place of utter despair because without God's supernatural power, you cannot accomplish anything for God. You can try to run around and do something here. You can run a marathon if you want to. That too with God's grace and life and breath and health that he has given to you. You can use that and go. 
But that's all in this realm where your feet hits the ground. But if you have to fly, you don't have wings. If you have to fly, you have to have something beyond what a human being in the natural realm can possess. Jesus walked on water, not by human uh, power. He was not someone who said, well, I have self-control and I can defy gravity because I can do some tricks. No. Jesus had supernatural powers. In order for someone to have a supernatural power that will go against the powers of darkness, which are supernatural, but they are negative. They are from beneath. You need to have power with God. In order to have that which takes, in order to overcome that which is not of this world, you need to have the power that is not of this world in order to overcome the powers of darkness. God is speaking to a heart today. It's like trying to, trying to bring, trying to bring, um, um, you know, the currency from another country and taking it to your store. The way you're going to Walmart or you go to your supermarket or wherever it is. Once you buy groceries, you have all the groceries and your cart is full of it and you ring everything. And after that, they, they say $100, $150 you spent for your groceries. You stand there and you say, well, I came from India. I used rupees. So I'll give 100 rupees. And you take the 100 rupees and say, this is 102, 100, zero, zero. 100, two zeros and a one. And I have a bill. There's a bill too. We're all one. We all came from Adam and, and we're all human beings. And uh, this should be acceptable here. And try giving that 100 rupees there and see if you can take your cartload full of stuff home. It will not work. If you need to get stuff from the U.S. supermarket, you need to have U.S. currency for that. You must go and exchange. And by the way, 100 rupees is not equal to $100. That's a whole different story altogether. If we want to overcome and inherit that which is not of this realm, trying to use that which is of this realm and try to achieve that which is above will be in vain. It's not going to... We can buy books and we can try to do this and we can try that. And, oh, you can only do only so much. But you can do one thing. In order for you to get what you need to get from that realm, you can go to the one who has what it takes to get what you need to get from that realm. When he gives, when he gives that to you, then you will have what you need. Now you can use the hundred dollars because it's dollars, $150, and you can get your groceries. If not, it will not work. 
So trying to use carnal means or earthly means in order to achieve supernatural results will actually cause frustrations. It will actually cause frustrations. God is speaking to us today. It's important to know where you lack and what you lack. If I don't understand what I lack, I'm not going to really get what I need to get. You know, a lot of times people think that we all have everything and we have Christ and we have everything. Well, go raise the dead now. Go, go ahead. We think that we have everything. Go open the eyes of the blind. Go ahead. We think that, oh, the power, same power that raised Jesus from the dead is also inside of me. Go make the dumb talk. Try it. It's not going to work. There's a power that is over all the powers of darkness. It's the power of God. And in order for you to be able to release someone who is bound, in order for you to be able to release someone from his or her bondage, it is important to know what it takes to bring them out. And it's important to know what you don't have to get them out. If you think that you have already and you don't have, then it's going to keep you in a state of lack with an illusion of fullness, which will give you a net result of a big zero. May God help you to understand at this point. If I don't have $100 or $150 in my hand, but I have 100 rupees or 150 rupees, and I say I have what I need to have, and because of what I have, and I know that as long as I give money, I can get the groceries, it won't work. It's not about money. It's about what type of money, what kind of currency do you have? It's not about whether it's a paper bill or not. It's about whether it's valid or not. I pray that the Spirit of God will help you to understand the depths of what God is speaking at this hour. In order to be an effective soul winner of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's important for you to know what is missing. What is necessary? These two things are very important. That should be your takeaway today. What is needed and what is missing? We need this $150 to get the groceries. And I don't have U.S. dollars. I only have 150 rupees or 100 rupees. So what do you have to do now? Do you want the groceries or not? Do you? Or do you say, well, God has given all things for me to enjoy because I am the daughter of the king. I am supposed to have everything. He's my heavenly father. Now I'm going to say in Jesus name, you cart, I'm going to push you out of this grocery store and you can't stop me. You can't stop me when they ask you, show me a receipt. You'll be found a thief. We need to do things God's way. 
Whatever we are called to do, we need to do it God's way. This is where there are a lot of people who try coercion. A lot of people will try to use manipulation. Well, you can't save souls like that. You cannot touch anyone's spirit by coercion or manipulation or human skill. No. You need the power of God. You need the spirit of God moving. Moving. He needs to move you and he needs to move the next person. I'm going to repeat this again. The Spirit of God has to move you and the Spirit of God has to move the next person. It is called the move of the Holy Spirit. When the Spirit of God moves a spirit of a person and he moves that spirit of a person and moves them to move the spirit of the next person, the same Spirit of God who is moving you to give the gospel to the next person has to move the spirit of that next person to receive that which you are giving. I pray that you understand what the Spirit of God is speaking at this hour. Only the Spirit of God can touch the spirit of a human being. Only the Spirit of God can cause a spiritually blind person to be able to see. Only the Spirit of God. The spirit of darkness goes and causes blindness to the spirits of human beings. They're all spiritually blind. They can't see. They're all spiritually deaf. They can't hear. They're all darkened in their understanding, spiritual understanding. They can't understand. It's the Spirit of God who comes in. He enlightens the understanding of God's people. Not even the unbelievers. The Spirit of God comes in, enlightens the minds of those who do not know Christ so that they can understand. The Spirit of God unclogs the ears of the people. The Spirit of God unveils the eyes of understanding. The Spirit of God does this marvelous work of taking away the blinders. Now, the faith that God has put in the hearts of human beings must partner with the Spirit of God who's moving. That means when the eyesight is blind and God comes and he takes the blindness off and now they can see while seeing something that you never saw before what are you going to do next i'm going to mix your faith with that and are you going to believe what you're seeing now that you never saw before and are you going to do something about it now there are some people whose eyes have been opened but they'll say well my eyes are open i can see but still i still make a choice not to go here i want to stay here God is speaking to us today. The Spirit of God does the work of unveiling and He comes in. He gives sight to those who are blind spiritually. Then a person has free will to mix their faith with what they're seeing to make the choice of whether they're going to get on the narrow road or stay on the broad road. That's what salvation is. And this is where some will be like the wayside where they'll say, eject, I will not receive. And then you will have some people who will say, I receive, I'm so happy I receive. Oh, the eyes have been opened. God is at work in their lives. Oh, the ears have been opened. God is at work in their lives. Oh, they can understand something that they never understood before. Oh, the worth of my soul. And they say, I want Jesus. Do you know what? 
after all of that, the Spirit of God has done in their spirit. They will not do what they should do. Even though they've mixed their faith, they will not go and put away that bush they need to put away. They will not go and clean up their yard. They will not go and dig up the rocks and throw them out. They will not do their part. And that is where Jesus said, the word of God that went in got choked. It got choked and some couldn't go deeper. No room for the roots to grow. So the spirit of God works. He does. So as we reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we must understand that it is the spirit of God who does the work. God is the one who gives the increase, but there's one who plants and there's one who waters. And it's important for you to do the part of sowing the seeds. God gives the increase. God gives the increase. But are you doing what God has called you to do? Are you depending on God? Are you at a place where you understand that only God can touch the hearts of people? Are you in a place where you can understand that I see the need and I need something that is not of this world in order to accomplish what I need to? That means meet that need. God is speaking at this hour. If we don't come to that realization, if we don't come to that realization of what we need to have in order to achieve the goal that God has placed before us, which is supernatural. And we're not going to get to that at all. But once we come to the place of understanding that, you know what? I don't have what it takes. I really don't. So I need to get what it takes in order for me to get what it takes to have what I need to have in order to Accomplish that which I need to accomplish. I need to pursue that which I don't have. By pursuing the one who has it. I pray that you understand what the Spirit of God is speaking at this hour. Pursue the one who has it. So you can get what he can give to you. And you can fulfill that which you're called for. God is speaking at this hour. Elijah was a man who had what he needed to have in order to accomplish that which God had called him to accomplish, in order for that to happen, in order for him to receive that which God had. That means in order for him to possess the supernatural powers, he was a person who did what God told him to do and didn't do what God told him not to do or didn't tell him about. That means he was not someone who says, oh, I think there's a need there, so I'm going to run. I think there's a need there, so I'm going to run. I think there's a need there. There's no... I mean, what God have said, stay here. Next 10 minutes, you know, some people have such a hard time. Next 10 minutes, just sit down. Or while they're sitting out, they'll be thinking like, maybe I should, let me look at the north and let me look at the south. And let me look at, they can't be without doing something for 10 minutes. If that is you, God is speaking to this hour. In the ghetto. Hold up yourself. You need to become a person 
who knows how to sit still. Learn how to sit still in the presence of God. You want to accomplish anything for God. Supernaturally. Learn to sit still in the presence of God. Listen, people think that, oh man, 10 minutes, oh, 10 minutes, I could have done something. What a waste of time. Lucifer will say that. Lucifer will say that. If God says, stay here for 10 minutes, then you need to, he says, stay here for 10 hours. That's what you need to. Because during the 10 hours, something is happening. Waiting is very important. Waiting is very important. Think about this. You prepare everything you need to prepare for what you want to bake, whether it's a cake or it's a turkey or it's a chicken, whatever it is you want to do. You have everything exactly the way it should. And then you put in the oven. After you put in the oven, after five minutes, you say that. Well, I have it at 450 degrees and it's pretty hot. Ten minutes. If you have uh, electricity or if you're using gas, whatever it is. Ten minutes of utter wastage here. I wasted ten minutes of electricity. What's the point in keeping it here? Oh, 15 minutes of wasting electricity and my time too. Well, I could have saved money on electricity. I could have done something. Why should I put this inside? Why should I waste my time here? I could have actually done something. The question is whether you want the cake or not. The question is whether you want the turkey cooked or not. It's a total waste after doing everything and then trying to hurry. It is foolishness after doing all these things, saying that, well, it's taking too long, it's taking too long, it's taking too long, let me just pull it out. Or you'll be drinking cake liquid. You'll be having uncooked turkey, getting yourself sick. God is speaking to our hearts today. The Bible says, in patience, possess ye your souls. When it comes to evangelism, when it comes to ministry, when it comes to doing things for God, it must be done God's way. It may look like it's stupidity for some people. Oh my God, this pastor. I don't know why. Can't prepare a thing, a thing ahead of time. If we're going to have a meeting, come on, say it at least a week earlier. Well, God runs the show. It is very important for us to be able to align yourself with the will of God, not the other way around. It is important to have that kind of wisdom. When he calls... I will answer. Where he leads, I will go. He is the boss. When we have that understanding, we'll know. He's looking to see 
If you're a good follower or not. Are you a good listener? How patient are you or how impatient are you? And to what extent do you think that? You know everything when you actually don't. These are all the areas that God will look and God will say. Are you ready for a change? When God says move, it's important to move. This is how the children of Israel operated. When they saw the pillar of cloud move, they moved. When the pillar of cloud stayed, they all stayed. It was understood. When God moved, they moved. When he stayed, they stayed. Perfect peace have they whose mind stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. A person whose mind is fixed or is it is at a state of equilibrium, it is at a state of rest in God, will be a person of total peace. I want to say it one more time. A person who has entered the state of rest within God will be a person who is at a state of total peace, no matter what happens. No matter how things change, they will never be moved. They will never be agitated. They have that constant peace that flows. Elijah was such a great, great prophet of God. When God said, go say, he went and he presented himself before Ahab. We're going to go further into what God wants us to, into the latter part of this scripture tomorrow. Well, we need to know one thing. When it comes to spiritual warfare, when it comes to the kingdom of God suffering violence and the violent taken by force, we have to send this. It's very important. There is a king who is over the kingdom. The king fights the battle. The king gives the call for the fight. The king leads the army, which means the kingdom of God suffers violence. The violent will take it by force. How? How? By keeping their ears wide open to the king. By letting the king know, this is what is happening. Guess who will give the orders? The king, not you yourself. You see a problem. Many Christians are like that. Once they see a problem, immediately they'll come up with a solution. They'll sit down and they'll think and they'll think and think. And you know what they'll say? Well, I think God is leading me this way. Who gave you that? I think God is leading me this way. Who was thinking all this time? God or you? Never call your own thoughts as God's thoughts. A lot of times it'll go opposite. It is important to lay everything at the feet of Jesus. You can go tell him, Lord, this is what is happening. I need solution for this. And then not let your mind spin in thousand different directions. Maybe I can do this. 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 Maybe by the time they finish everything, already they feel like, I got a plan. God gave me a plan. And they can even get up and say, well, God led me to do that. Did he is a question. Until you completely come to a place of rest and silence. 
until you really enter into that state of rest within God Almighty. You will not hear the voice of God. Will not. Elijah was a man who operated from the rest of God. He was a prophet of God who knew how to just stay still. Even when the brook is drying, no vegetation. Even when the resources were all gone. This this man's life depends on this. It's not like, oh, I'm going to pay my bills and if I don't have it, I can juggle with some. Oh, no, 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 no. This is not even food. This is water. He was not worried about it. He knew just to sit still there. I didn't get my orders. He was a very good soldier. A commander of God. Who knew how to get orders and execute orders. God is speaking at this hour. Know how to get orders receive orders from God and execute God's orders. In order to be able to receive orders from him, you need to enter into that state of rest. A place where you have silenced yourself. That means this mind is spinning. And then this And then come and Lord, I thank you because you gave me this answer. You gave yourself your answer. A lot of times I hear people say things and just listen. Just listen. I can't say a word. Because already they've come to the conclusion that this is God's will and God showed and this. That's it. There's no room for a servant of God. Once this is how the Lord has taught me. Once someone says, this is what God showed me. This is God's will and this is the direction. This is what we're doing. That's it. There's no place after that for God's servant to say a word. We need to come to a place of total rest in God. Where we say, if I need to know the will of God, I have to shut down myself. You have to. Have you? You need to practice that. Shut down everything. Shut down your ideas. Shut down your thoughts. Shut down what you want to do. Shut down thinking in 10 different directions. Shut down going online and looking up this and looking up that and looking up this. You know, there are people like this. The moment they go, achoom, achoom, achoom. Oh, three sneezes. What kind of a disease do I have when I sneeze three times? You know what? The devil will give you a whole list of problems there. Saying that. Three sneezes, you have this in your lungs and four sneezes, you have this inside your nose and this sneeze and that's sitting on top of your head. And they'll think, oh, I have something here and something here. And then next thing they'll go, run to the doctor. Oh, I worship you, my doctor. Or sometimes people play doctor to themselves. Where is God and where is your faith? Is God leading you? Is God leading you? Have we come to a place where anything and everything has become our God? Have we bombarded ourselves with so many things from this world that we have come to a place we really can't hear God, but we're fooling ourselves as if we're hearing God. God is speaking to us today. 
if you want to become effective in the kingdom of God, learn to stay still. Learn to give everything into the hands of God and shut yourself down. See if you can do that. Maybe you can all have an exercise or homework, I should say. Can you stay away from your devices for about two days? Oh, two days. Somebody will say, two hours is a big thing, Pastor Kibber. You're saying two days. I don't know. What are you going to do? Drop dead? Can you keep quiet? Can you? Ask yourself this question. Can you? Really? Can you just shut everything down? And we say, Lord, cast all he cares upon him, for he cares for you. Many people know all those scriptures very well. But they really don't know what it means to cast all their cares upon him. Because they're so used to carrying it, take it from this side and put it on this side, take it from here and put it on here and put it on here and put it on here. And, and they all think like this shoulder is God and that shoulder is God and this head is God. Oh, God have mercy. Give it to God. Learn how to give it to God. Enter into that state of rest that God has for you so you don't have to toil. Spin and spin and spin. The Bible says it's vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. That's not the way to live. Enter into that state of rest. Learn to give everything to God. Learn to shut yourself away from everything. That takes you or makes you into a person who can't sit still. If you really sought the Lord and you know for sure 100% God says, go online and check this out. Then you have a reason to say, God led me. May God speak to your heart at this hour. Otherwise, we'll be just going like all over the place, just going all over the place and not knowing where we're going to land because you're just going. And the Bible calls it as being tossed to and fro. You're never going to enter that state of rest. God is speaking to hearts today. Elijah was a prophet of God, a mouth of God. Because he was a man of faith who relied on God for everything. If God said, go Elijah there, immediately he'll get up and go. He's not a a man of God who says, well, Lord, you know how tired I am and give me five more minutes then pull the sheet over and turn the other way and say, Lord, you know how much I love you, by the way. <laughs> I'm so tired and, and some more time, Lord, and turn the other way. Elijah was not such a person. He was a man of character. When God tells him to do something, he will execute it immediately, thoroughly. Exactly the way God says it, he'll go and do it. That's why he became the prophet of God, because God can entrust his word into him. He was a man who was clothed with humility. He was never there to show who he is. He was always there to show who God is. He represented God. As we close for tonight, as you're in the presence of God at this hour, about where you are 
in your walk with God. The kingdom of God suffers violence. The violent, they take it by force. How do they take it? We saw about the strength that is necessary in order to take that which the violent one has. You need more strength to get it, but how do you get that strength? How do you get that strength? Not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God. Understand this. God's hand and your hand together will bring down mountains. It's not that his hand is strong, but he needs your strength so that together, like, you know, like you need three, four people to push a car that's not moving. God does not need you, your energy or your strength to push. No. Because he has the power. But he's asking this question. Can you come and put your hands here? Without trying to say, well, you're trying to push me that direction, that direction you're going. But I think, Lord, a little bit to the right, a little bit to the right. There are some people like that. Where God says, we're going this way. We're going north. They say, northeast a little bit, a little bit northeast. I think northeast will be better. This is something that will keep you from getting that which God has. God will say, okay, go northeast then. And then when you're done with circling around northeast, then you can come and see if you can go north. May the Spirit of God take the word that God has given deep into your spirit tonight. Learn to be still. Learn to be still. Learn to be still. Elijah was the person, a prophet of God, who did what God told him to do, when he told him to do, how he told him to do. Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. Elijah went, just like the Lord said, to present himself to Ahab. It is when he did that which God told him to do. God did what he said, which was he sent rain. God sent rain. Elijah did what Elijah could do, which was go and present himself to the king. Wicked king Ahab. God is asking you this question. Can you go and present yourself to the heathen, to those who don't know God? God will give rain. God will give rain. Can you go and do what you should do? Can you go and do what you should do? God will give rain. Can you do what you should do? Can you do that? Can you just do that? That's a big thing. Without you adding and multiplying, dividing, subtracting and doing your own thing. Can you just do that? Present yourself to the king. Can you present yourself to the people? To tell them, rain is coming. Rain is coming. Rain is coming. God is doing miracles. The blessings are coming down. God can heal. God can deliver. God can do this thing. Can you just go and tell the people? Can you go and tell the people? Can you go and tell the people? When? When can you tell the people? In what type of situation? When the famine is there. 
And when people think that it's because of you, there is no rain. You know, you will face a lot of people like that. Oh, because of God, my sister died. And because of God, my, you know, you know, son got this. And because of God and, you know, that accident happened. And because they blame God for everything. Meanwhile, they caused it. Their families caused it. Their generation caused it. Not God. It was not God. It was a king. It was the sins of the king and sins of the people of Israel that caused the rain not to come. God is telling you this. Go and tell those people. The very people who think that, oh, all this trouble is because of God. Go and tell them. Show them who the real God is. Show them the real God is. Show them who the real God is. Tell them. Things are going to change. My God gives rain. My God is going to show himself as the real God. Do you want to see the real God? Get to Mount Carmel. Do you want to see the real God? Get to Mount Carmel. Can you go and say that? Do you want to see who real God is? Who the real God is? Who the real Jesus is? Do you want to see? Oh, by the way. People can say, whoa, you know, God is this and God is that. And I heard this and I saw my mom do this. My husband, my dad do this. And I did this. My husband did this. My wife did this. My grandpa did this. My grandpa. They can say all kinds of things all over. But is that the real God? Well, that's where you stop them right there and say, well, all these things you can say, but that's not the real Jesus. Oh, the Bible says this. Oh, That's not what the Bible actually says. Come to Mount Carmel. Come to Mount Carmel. Rain is coming. Come to Mount Carmel. God is going to show you who the real God is. Come. Come to the house of God. Come to the house of God. Come to the Mount of God. Come to the Mount of God. Can we say that? Can we say that? Can we just say that? That's what God is calling his people to do. Simple things simple things what you can do he will come and do what you cannot do but what he's promised to do that's the beautiful thing God will come and show up in a mighty way and bring that rain that needs to come bring that fire that needs to come in a powerful way in a way that you cannot do but that which he said that he will do to you. He'll come and do it. So you can boldly go and tell the people around you. You can go boldly go and tell Ahab. You can boldly go and tell Ahab's people. You can go boldly go and tell. Hey, rain is coming. Come on. Rain is coming. Come to Mount Carmel. The God who answers by fire is a real God. Let's see. Come on. Come on. Do you have that kind of a, an experience with God where you can challenge people? To show them the living God and say, I'm giving you a challenge. Come, see what God is going to do. Do you have that? Kind of a walk with God yourself. Where you have that faith in God. Based on what God said, I'm going to go until they have. Don't just look for nice, mushy people, you know, who will say that. Oh, I like this. Thank you. I will come and they won't even show up. God is looking for you to reach everyone. The people of Israel, the king of Israel, the people who say that they know God, the people who say that they don't know God, and the people who just stand there and say, well, I don't know who this God is, even though they came from that line. doesn't matter. 
doesn't matter. God is calling you today. Bring the people to the mountain of God. God will give rain. Their famine will come to an end. Their famine will come to an end. Bring, bring the people to the mountain of God. The fire of God will come when God's people pour the water upon the altar. Wet that altar with the tears. Bring the people to Mount Carmel. See, two things need to happen. One is you bring the people there so that they can see the fire of God. Two is you wet the altar with tears so that the fire of God will come. People need to be there, right? To see the fire of God come. If you don't bring them there, how are they going to see? How will they know? Who will go for me? Whom shall I send? Who will speak for me and do my will? Who will follow me? Who will work with me? Who will obey my word and do my will? The harvest is plentiful. The labors are so few. Who will go for me and do my will? The harvest is plentiful. The labors are so few. Who will go for me? And do my will. Do you see what I see? Do you hear what I hear? There are millions out there who cry out for help. Do you see what I see? Do you hear what I hear? There are millions out there who cry out for help. Do you see what I see? Do you hear what I hear? There are millions out there who cry out for help. Oh, the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are so few. Who will go for me and do my will? God is asking you this question. The harvest is plentiful. The laborers are so few. Who will go for me and do my will? Hallelujah. Oh, precious Father in heaven, I bring your people before your throne of grace. I ask you that you stir up your holy fire, oh Lord, within the depths of the souls of your people. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, mobilize, 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 mobilize every single one in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh Lord, that everything that is crippling them may fall away in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, every serpent that is keeping your people from fulfilling the will of God, the call of God upon their lives. Oh, may those serpents be crushed at this hour in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, 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 Father. Do a mighty work, do a mighty work, do a mighty work, do a mighty work, do a mighty work. Do a mighty work, oh, Lord God of heaven and earth. Do a mighty work. Do a mighty work in the name of Jesus. Do a mighty work. Oh, Holy Spirit, do a mighty work. Do a mighty work. Do a mighty work. Abba, do a mighty work. Hallelujah. Cause your people, Lord, cause your people, Lord, to have an understanding heart, my Father, in the name of Jesus. 
the Spirit of God. Oh, the Spirit of God. Let the Spirit of God burn, 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 burn. Hallelujah. Your eternal truths in the spirits of your people. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That every bondage of the enemy be broken in Jesus' name. Lord, make each and every single one here lifesavers. Hallelujah. Make each and every single one lifesavers in the name of Jesus. Make each and every single one lifesavers in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Through your love, through your fire, through your blood flowing through them. Oh Lord, hallelujah. I pray may the abundant river of the Holy Spirit purge everyone here, Father. That every motive be sifted by the sieve of the living God. Hallelujah. And I pray that a pure, a spotless bride may arise in the name of Jesus. I come against every demonic spirit that is trying to slow down your people. I bind those in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, oh Father, I pray that you'll touch your people. Touch your people, Lord. Touch your people, Lord. Touch your people, Lord. Do a mighty work. Mighty work. Mighty work. Cause your people to experience all the glorious, glorious life of being in the state of rest. Hallelujah. Cause your people to know what it means to rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Hallelujah. Cause your people to live in a state of rest in the name of Jesus. Cause your people, Lord, to understand what they need to have and what they lack and long for what they need to have. All so that they can have what they need to have. To do what they need to do. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, let not the deceiver deceive anyone and deprive anyone of what they should have to accomplish what they need to accomplish. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you father thank you father thank you father thank you father that every single one become like the grain of wheat that falls to the ground and dies so that they may bring forth much fruit i thank you for doing this in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit as your servant standing in the presence of god before the throne of god according to the power and authority given to me by the almighty god I bless your people this hour with your blessing that you alone can bless them with or that they may become vessels of honor in the hands of the king that they may become everything that you've called them to become and fulfill all that you've called them to fulfill through the spirit of Christ working in and through them by their life of patience by emptying themselves O oh Lord, of everything that needs to be thoroughly emptied. Or oh, by filling themselves with Jesus and Jesus alone. They may become powerhouses for Christ and for Christ alone. That those who are dying and those who are lost and those who are drowning may receive the life of Christ in and through them. I thank you for doing this. In Jesus' most precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. 
May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and bless us with his peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. Amen. Jesus.